T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Live, presented by Kaleida Health. All right, here we are, hour number two on a Wednesday. Chris Brown, Steve Tasker with you. And this time of the show has been reserved to present to you some of the more notable comments from GM Brandon Bean from his season wrap-up press conference late yesterday. Uh, We know that all of you probably did not have the opportunity to hear it, certainly not in its entirety since it went more than 50 minutes. So we kind of broke down the highlights for you in terms of what we thought you would be most interested in hearing about. And we begin with the line of questioning that opened up the press conference pretty early on, having lost to the Bengals and, you know, not, I don't know, there's this perception out there since the loss that there is a gap now that exists between the Bills and the Bengals and Chiefs. So Brandon was asked about that perceived gap. Here was his take on that subject. I mean, we won 13 games. I think we have a good team. We didn't show it the other night, the team we are, but, um, you know, I think we, we beat a lot of good programs this year, and we lost three games by eight points. You know, listen, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to own all the things that we can do better no doubt, but our teams haven't, um, you don't see us, I'm going to call that a blowout the other night, whether it was or wasn't, 17 points. Indianapolis here a year ago, they put it to us. But how many, like, we haven't, like, nobody's really run us out of the gym very often, but they played a very good game, and we, you know, we didn't have it the other night, but you got to be careful about saying off of one game. You know, it's been like that Indianapolis game in season that we just said, "Hey, we stink." Play all the young guys, kick the other guys to the curb. You know, if if this wasn't the tournament, if this had been the Cincinnati game in the regular season that we didn't get to finish, and that was the outcome, we would have come back here and said, "Man, we just got kicked in the teeth 
let's look at it. What happened? You know, where are our matchup advantages? Where are they? Where are they doing it? Did we? Did they out scheme us? We'd look at all those things, but um, I don't want to make it one game bigger than it is. The other night, they definitely proved that they deserved to move on, and we didn't. Yeah. So the danger here is, as Brandon points out, attaching far too much importance to one football game. Was it an important football game? Yeah, it was the AFC Divisional Playoff. As Steve and I have said more than once, this team just flat ran out of gas. They had nothing left to give, and that's why they didn't even resemble the team that we saw for most of the season. And whether we're right or wrong, I don't know, but I tie it to the DeMar thing. I think it it completely drained them of any emotional energy over the last three games that they played. They were doing it on fumes. And then to go down 14 nothing and have to climb that deficit in addition to trying to win a playoff game against a top-notch opponent, they just didn't have it in them. You can talk about scheming all day long. They could have had the best game plan known to man, and I still don't think it would have been executed because they just didn't have anything left to give. But that doesn't mean you dismiss a 13-win season, which, as Brandon pointed out, they lost three games by eight points. And in those three games, there were other factors helping that opponent win the football game. Week three, it was the heat down in Miami and a shorthanded Bills roster. Uh, Their other loss to the Jets, that's probably the closest thing to a legitimate victory. But the Bills turned it over a few times, and Josh got hurt at the end of the game. And then the, the Vikings game, the Bills unquestionably helped them win the football oh my game. Gosh, yeah. So you roll all that together, and over the last three seasons, what are they? 37 and 12? I mean, there is no gap. You want to improve some of the talent on the offensive side of the ball? I'm signing up for that because I think you do have to do that, but it's only because the guys that you thought could step into bigger roles proved that they couldn't this year. And so now you have to go back and retool that part of the roster and make it better with more certain answers than the ones you were banking on to grow into roles this year, namely Gabe Davis and Isaiah McKenzie. So beyond that, though, the gap is marginal, not vast at all. Right. I, I agree with that. And I know that we all sit here and say, well, because of the last game and the way it happened, you know, we need a more, you know, everybody would like to have, you know, the Philadelphia Eagles pass rush and you'd like to have the Niners run defense and, You'd like to have the Cincinnati wide receivers. And the, the simple fact of the matter is you build your team with the best players you can find and you win the way those players play their best when, and when they play their best. That's how the Bills got to the point where they're one of the elite teams in the league. And they are. With, despite uh, two touchdowns or whatever they lost by, two touchdowns last weekend, uh, despite losing by a wide margin, 17 points last weekend, they're still one of the elite teams in the league. And they got there by doing things the way Brandon Bean, Sean McDermott map out every offseason. And it's not, it hasn't been the same in any of these offseasons. And it shouldn't. It's not going to be the same this year. Because the formula is different every year. Right. The formula is, I, I think the formula is the same, but the players are going to be different, vastly different this time. Maybe they'll. But maybe Trent, it's more offensive linemen this year, right. more, more wide receivers this year, and it was defensive linemen, defensive tackles last year. It, you know, it goes on and on. And Corners, there might be different trends in the league that right. forced you to shift your thinking from one year to the next the as point, well. I guess what I'm pointing is, in, in, to say it in the most general terms possible, Bean and McDermott and Terry Pagula and – Joe Shane, but in the past, and now it's Malik. Uh, these guys, they're 
they're looking at it and they're going to build it the way they know how to build it and, and they're going to do it exactly the way they've done it. Uh, they're going to make good decisions. They're going to, they're going to, we're going to have some surprise signings for some guys we don't really know about, like Tim Settle and Daquan Jones last year. It's like, who, all right, let me go back and look at who are these guys. Well, they already know who they are. Uh, that kind of thing. There's going to be some guys on the market that we don't know about that they're going to love. So that's what's going to happen. It's going to be fun to watch. It always is. And there'll be question marks coming into next year because it will be a new group. And they're going to have new guys that they're going to be depending on that we haven't seen play as a bill yet. So there's going to be some questions coming in. But they're going to know – they're going to have a history – that you can go back to and look and see how they played for other teams, or these draft picks are going to be something you can get excited about in their measurables. Um, I guess long story short, the Bills don't have to change their process. Their process is elite, and they they play that way from the beginning of the season to the end. And it's working. It's working. It is really working. A lot of teams in the league wish they could do it the way the Bills do. Year over year. That's right. This isn't a one or two year kick and at I don't the cat. Think this, and I don't think this window has is not. I don't think it's closing. It's closed on this team for this year. But you get into training camp next year and you watch these guys play, and you're going to see that they're going to be an elite team still going forward. I I believe. I really believe. One of the more pressing questions on the part of fans was, how will they address? some of the needs, the perceived needs of this football team going forward. And is there enough cap space to address some of those needs? Brandon Bean addressed Buffalo's current cap situation yesterday. Good question. Uh, I wish I had some answers that I don't. Normally in December we get we go to the labor meetings and we get kind of a floor and a ceiling of the cap. Like it's going to be 218 to $225 million, something like that. We don't have that at this point. They were um, basically waiting on that uh, Sunday ticket deal with YouTube TV and, and maybe something else. So, you know, it's 208 this year, but I couldn't tell you if it's going to be 220 or 230 or I'm hoping for a lot of dollars uh, as much because we need it. But, you know, right now we're probably in the 240s of what's on the book. It ain't going to be 240-something. So... The short answer is we're going to have to get under the cap by moves, could be roster cuts, and that's all the free agents that you guys are aware of not on the books. All those are counting zero dollars. So um, we're going to have to, without telling you, I mean, you already know the answer. There's not going to be a, a Von Miller signing or somebody of that. We're, just, we're going to have to work to get under the cap so that we can operate next year. So the long and short of it is, and I, I, I don't think enough fans are aware of this. When COVID hit, the cap went down from what it had been projected to be. And it made a slight recovery the next year. But that next year, the cap was still below. I'm talking 2021 now. The cap was still 12 to 15 million below what it was projected to be. So all of these general managers who signed players to long-term contracts with those projected caps were now in trouble and had to make difficult decisions, either lopping people completely off their roster or asking an untold number of players to restructure their contract, take a pay cut, uh, something of that nature. 
and then they were more restrictive on, uh, with their own spending in free agency and other avenues. The Bills have done that the last couple of years, and we're still able to field a championship-caliber roster. They're still feeling the effects of that. He just said he's hoping the cap jumps up a little bit higher than it has been in recent years, which is anywhere from 10 to $14, $15 million per year. He's hoping for a bigger jump with some of these deals, as he mentioned, the YouTube TV deal for the Sunday ticket and a couple of the other broadcast deals. They're waiting on that. They still don't have a hard and fast number. The bottom line is, their current cap spending for 2023 is $240 million without the 21 unrestricted free agents on the roster already. They're over the cap minus the 21 players' salaries. So they're going to have to do even more slashing this year to get under what they project the cap to be, which realistically is probably going to be in the 220s somewhere. They're at 240 now with... 40 less than 40 players on the what, roster. What was it now? What was the, the cap this last year? 208. Yeah, it ain't going to go up. It ain't going to go up. 30, it's not. It's not going to go up 30. He million. certainly doesn't expect it's not it gonna to go 32 million. It, so, may go, it may go above 15. There are going to be. I'm just telling you right now for the players that are under contract right now, there are going to be cap casualties. There are going to be people lopped off the roster just to be under the cap whenever that number is produced, presumably no later than the combine, I would think. Um, because yeah. you got to plan for free agents. Right. you got to yeah, have exactly. time to plan. Exactly. They'll so it might be in the next few weeks. Maybe it'll be at the Super Bowl. Um, who knows? But the bottom line is the Bills and plenty of other teams are going to be in a position where they're just going to have to start trimming the, for lack of a better term, trimming the fat because – the cost prohibitive nature of the cap, which went backwards during the COVID years, still hasn't recovered back to the point of where it was projected to be for this calendar year, the last calendar year, and the calendar year before that. They're still recovering from it. And GMs are doing backflips and jumping through all kinds of hoops just to stay under the cap and still field a competitive football team. And the Bills are in that boat. Right. It's. It's going to take some financial gymnastics. Um, there's going to be some guys that are going to be exposed to free agency that you wish didn't have to be. All of that's going to happen. Bills aren't alone in that. There's going to be a ton of teams that are doing yeah. it. Uh, some of the teams in the division may not. They may be in, they're a lot better shape than the Bills are. Fine. Um, but they've still, even getting down to the 220 that it may be, they're going to be – they're going to have a really good squad. They're going to have a really good squad. So we'll have to wait and see how that how it transpires. But yeah, there's a lot of work to be done this off season, and we're you know just we're not even done with the other one yet, the other season. So knowing the cap is going to be difficult for Buffalo to navigate, the next question was what is his what is Brandon Bean's strategy in making the necessary moves to make the roster better, all while operating in what will be a prohibitive situation in terms of cost. Here is Brandon Bean's answer on that subject. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're going to be creative. Um, we're going to try and win, and we're going to do everything. That's, I started out by thanking Terry and Kim, and, you know, they'll give us every resource, and it's up to me to figure it out. And we're going to have – we're going to put as strong a team as we can out there, and hopefully we're hosting games next year. That's, that's the goal. It's – we're not going into this year saying, hey, 
I don't think we're going to be as talented as we were last season or in 2020 when we went to the uh, you know AFC Championship. We just got to you know we got to hit on draft picks. We got to find you know low cost free agents that can find roles, whether it's key backup, um, a solid starter, whatever it is. And and so it'll be on you know me and my scouting staff to uh, to make the right moves. Yeah, I mean, there's no other way to slice it. That's what you got to do when you're on a budget, which they will unquestionably be. You got to find diamonds in the rough. You got to draft out of your mind. And you got to find guys on one year deals who do pan out, which Brandon Bean, more often than not, has been able to find. That's how they do it. Um, They get a guy in who's maybe older or whatever, longer in the tooth, or hasn't had a chance for whatever the situation is. And they get them on this one-year deal, and those guys come into training camp and go through the regular season highly motivated, not just to play, but to play well and to be available to play. They, you know, and that gives the roster an edge that um, they need. And it get, you get whatever you get from the level of guys you're saying. If they are on a veteran minimum, okay, I get it. Or if they have incentives or maybe that's a little above veteran minimum, they are highly motivated, highly motivated to play their best. And that's not every not everybody is in the NFL. And yeah. it does set a precedent and give you a, some competition to make your team better everywhere when you got guys like that sprinkled all over your roster. So with the fiscally restrictive situation in which Brandon Bean and his personnel department will be operating – that also begged the question, what's to become of two of their more important unrestricted free agents, namely Jordan Poyer and Tremaine Edmonds? Here is Bean's initial comments on how that could go. Uh, two, two guys that are true Buffalo Bills. Um, can't say enough of great things about them. I'll start with Jordan. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. 
Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Jordan was in the first year here helping us go through the ups and downs and um, that first playoff run and <clears throat> him and Micah, it's hard to think of one without the other, but um, you know, Jordan had some unfortunate luck this year starting in training camp where he got hurt and then um, you know, just one thing after another. He you know, and the guy, you know, took a bus or, or uh, we rented one of his vans or whatever to get him to Kansas City. You know, I don't know how many players would have done that. I give Jordan a lot of credit and he you know, he was a pro and I know the whole contract thing and I like people can handle those in, in many different ways. We all see that. Um, but a lot of respect for how Jordan, you know, handled this, and and man, he's he's a great pro, and, and did a lot of great things, you know, for us, and and would love to get him back uh, for sure. Would be the first to tell you, you know, again, when we get some clarity on the cap and what we can do, we'll know more there. Um, Tremaine, you know, we talked about it earlier, you know, draft, develop, resign, um, like where that guy has gone is. He's just – he's been amazing um, to watch his growth from a 19-year-old. I mean, it's not like he's 29. You know, this kid's he's still a kid. Um, he's a young man. But, you know, very proud of who he is. And you can just see his maturation. Like, used to Tremaine – you guys feel him. He's a little – as big as he is, he's so nice. And, like, you know, you saw some anger, like, fussing at guys. Hey, you know, get your – in gear. And, like, just the growth and him being comfortable in his skin to call out another player, whether it's a young guy or a vet. So um, he's a big part of our success as well, coming in with Josh that year. And, um, you know, like like Poyer and many of these other guys, would love to keep them all, and, and we'll, we'll do our best. Yeah, they'll do their best, but I think that's going to be easier said than done on both fronts because Poyer being – you know, what was he, second-team All-Pro last year. Um, injuries did add up on him, as Steve pointed out earlier. So maybe that brings his cost down a little bit. But I think there are going to be people around the league interested in his services because even despite all those injuries, he was a productive player, led the team with four interceptions. So, And he was playing on a bad leg. So I, I think he's still going to command a pretty – handsome salary and Edmonds maybe even more so and with Roquan Smith setting the market Steve at 20 million dollars a year at the linebacker position in the deal he signed with Baltimore five years a hundred million dollars Tremaine Edmonds is a player who's just entering his prime at age 25 there are going to be people that are going to be willing to pony up money who have a lot more cap space than Buffalo yeah it may be one of those times where you know, Buffalo will make him an offer that they can afford and feels fair. It'll be on the low side, no question, because it's you know it's kind of where they're at. Um, and just say, if it, and just say, if you want to play here, this is the number. And if this you is want the best we can do, we can the best we can do. And if you want to go someplace, you know, bless your heart, we love you. Um, and it, it, like Shaq and Jordan Phillips did. Uh, it's a little different, though. It I mean, is those were role players. It is this a guy's different. a cornerstone player. Both of but them, but there will be other players available on the free agent market 
that will have different gifts. And, you know, somebody's going to line up at middle linebacker for the Bills next year. And it's going to be as good a player as they can find. So we'll see what that looks like. Um, and it'll be a player that they think has the tools and the capacity to, to play as well as they, you know, as well as Tremaine did this year. Um, and they won't be spending 15 to $20 million on him. Yeah. So we'll, it'll be interesting to see. It's, it's going to be a, it's going to be a really, really interesting off season because now, you know, those core players that we've been watching make this team into an elite franchise. It's time to pay up. It's time to it's time to either pay up or move on or you know handle that cap issue that we've seen so many of these other great teams have these problems and find a way out of it. It's hard. Yeah, it's hard to do. And and Brandon Bean is not the GM that's willing to put his team in cap jail in the coming years. He doesn't want to be like the New Orleans Saints, where you know they're. They were $75 million over the cap at the one point last season. Yeah, they were over 100 at one point. Over the cap. Yeah. And they didn't just jump through hoops. They were jumping through flaming tires. You know, they were doing evil Knievel type stuff. They had, there was an oil slick. And they've done that the last three years. It was was an oil slick that somebody lit the whole thing on fire and they had to jump into. That's what it was. It was bad. And he doesn't want to do that and just kick the can down the road. He wants to try to stay as cap strong as possible. The restrictive cap due to COVID compromised that plan. He's tried to work his way around it and navigate it despite that, but he's still not going to put this team in cap jail. He's not going to relent, and that's going to lead, I think, to some very, very difficult decisions, and it's very possible that some cornerstone players that this fan base has come to know over the years will not be here next year, and I think everybody's just got to prepare themselves for that possibility. We take a break here, but we have more Brandon Bean's comments coming your way, including his thoughts on the first season with Ken Dorsey as offensive coordinator. His comments on that subject next here on One Bills Live, presented by Collider Health. It's Buffalo Bills Radio. All right, welcome back to One Bills Live. Chris Brown, Steve Tasker with you as we're making our way through some of the more notable comments from Brandon Bean's press conference yesterday. And year one of the offense under Ken Dorsey was a verified success. Finished second in the league in total offense, seventh in rushing, seventh in passing, second in the league in sack percentage, first in the league in third down conversion rate, ninth in red zone touchdown percentage, and second in total points. However, after the last game of the season, there were some members of the Bills fan base ready to head to the coach's booth with flaming torches and pitchforks. Uh, what did Brandon Bean think of Ken Dorsey's first season as coordinator? Here is his take on his OC. I would hope that I'm a better GM now than I was in 2017 or 2018. And, and um, Ken did a lot of good things. Our offensive numbers are good. Like any time you go through something the first year, I'm sure he felt at times like he was drinking out of a fire hose. You're dealing with different things. But uh, Ken is a hard worker. Um, He's smart, and you got a guy who played the position at a very high level, you know, won national championships on a, a major college team, and that's an asset too. Knowing what, in this case, Josh is going through, and so uh, Ken will be very self-critical. We'll we'll all put our heads together, um, you know, of of hey, these things went well. Um, 
and these are some areas maybe we want to grow. And um, but it's you know Sean talks about is about having the growth mindset, and I believe Ken does have that, and and we'll continue to look for ways to 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 help him, and that's our job to kind of support him in that, you know, as he enters year two. That last part of that comment, as he enters year two, I think lends credence to the fact that. Ken Dorsey isn't going anywhere unless he takes a head coaching job. He did interview for the Carolina Panthers head coaching position, um, although it looks like they're leaning towards veteran head coaches who have been head coaches before down there in Carolina. Um, So it sounds like on the outside looking in, he's probably not going to get that job, which would mean he would be back as his second season Um, here. And I'm encouraged by that because – I think with all that he had to learn on the fly growing into the job that he had never done before at this level, the the numbers are pretty good. Like, I understand people were disappointed with a 10-point performance in a divisional playoff, Steve, but like we've said before, I just don't think the players had it to give. The execution wasn't there, and to point to the coordinator, I think, is a little misguided. I'm not saying he's blameless, but the vast majority of the problems that happen on the field are execution-oriented. And and I would submit that that was the case again last Sunday. Uh, again, not saying Dorsey doesn't have any part in the product on the field. He absolutely does. But for a first-year coordinator, second in the league in total offense, second in scoring, they lead the league in third down. They were the only team in the league that converted more than 50% of their third downs this year. Yeah, I'm, I'm hesitant to use the last Patriot game, the playoff Dolphin game, or this Cincinnati game in any way, shape, or form as an evaluation. Um, and none of those three games because of where the team was mentally. And uh, even, you know, they scored 35 against the Patriots and 34 against the Dolphins. I'd you know, just throw those games out. Um, they won the Patriot game because two touchdown return kickoffs. And they scored 34 points against the Dolphins team that, you know, and they turned it over three times. Um, they just – this was not the same team that started the season. Um and what happened in Cincinnati on that Monday night, I think, changed a lot of these guys. And, I, and so you can say what you want about the, how this season ended, and we all get caught up in the latest time, you know, the last game. It's that recency bias, you know, you think about, and it's like, wow, we got to change this and this. They don't need to change anything. What they need to do is get some rest and start and build this team for next season with the pieces that you can keep, as many of them as you can. Um, Dorsey and Leslie Frazier are – highly respected around the NFL. It's not like people in Buffalo are the only ones watching these guys. Some other people who actually compete against them got a lot of respect for them and a lot of admiration for what they've been able to accomplish. Um, so, yeah, they've, they've thrown some stinkers up. Yeah, sure. Um, not, as, not too many given the fact that they've lost, they lost three games in the regular season by a total of eight points. So while it looked at times like they were sputtering, even in their sputtering, they were way better than a lot of other teams that they were facing and a lot of other teams were facing other in other games across the league. They This team was elite this year, all the way from start to finish. They started out in L.A. on a Thursday night and crushed that team and started off like gangbusters and kept it going through a tough stretch where they 
unbelievably lost two games in a row and, like you said, just gave the Minnesota Vikings a win. Um, and st- You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Still ended up before the Cincinnati games holding the one seed. So uh, the coordinators, yeah, while they'll tell you and they'll know what they need to do to get better, I think it's hard to complain. When, when they're number two in the league in scoring, they scored more points this year than they did last year when we all thought they were the best thing ever. But the simple fact of the matter is this. The reason this season feels like less of a success than last year is because of the way it ended in the last two or three games and in that last game, uh, particularly in the playoffs. Yeah, it wasn't an overtime, thrilling, classic game of a lifetime. And, and we want to address that now because Brandon Bean was asked to comment on what happened and why the team wasn't playing at a peak performance level. And he referenced that in comparison to the previous two seasons. Again, this year we, we weren't, when we hit the playoffs, we weren't in a groove the way we were in 2020 or 2021. And um, without going back into that, it, that's, you have to set yourself up in the regular season for seeding. And obviously you want the one, so you get that bye. And we were right there going to Cincinnati, and, you know, we, we lost. It is what it is. But, um, you know, there's a lot of people in this league that would sign up to be the number two seed because you know you're hosting two games as long as you win and a chance if one loses to host all three. And that's the, that's the easiest route to the Super Bowl. You have to put yourself in that position because, yes, you can go on the road and win three games. We've seen that done. That's hard um, to do. But, you, you, again, you want to be a consistent team. It starts with winning your division every year, getting home playoff games. We've slowly moved up the ranking. We haven't got that one seed yet. But uh, we're going to keep looking at every avenue we can. But I don't, I don't want to overreact to one game. Yeah. That's, Overreacting to one game can be dangerous. That's exactly right. You, you're not going to throw out everything that you learned about your team over the last two months uh, because it was a little different in that last game. And I, I don't think there's any question. We all, I think it was different. I don't know if all, every fan b- agrees with me, but that was 
a Bills team that didn't look anything like the Bills team who we'd watched play, you know, 16, 17 games through the regular season. Didn't look anything like them. Right. And, and you can give some – okay, give Cincinnati some credit, yeah. But sure. that's But come on, that something was out. Something was off. And uh, more so than just what Cincinnati could be given credit for. Um, they played good, and they're a really good team. And they're going to continue to be. Mm-hmm. But they didn't get the Buffalo Bills that we had seen during the 2022 regular season. No question about it. Uh, one more comment for you to play uh, from Brandon Bean, and it concerns the long-range outlook for Von Miller, who, as we know, is going through rehab for his partially torn ACL and his torn lateral meniscus in his knee, and the projection for uh, how much of the 2023 season we can expect to see Von Miller on the field come September. Here is Brandon Bean's take on that. Yeah, I think Vaughn's in a good spot. I think he's doing well. Um, I I expect him – I'm going to say the same thing. I I expect him for a good portion of 2020. I'm not ruling out all of 2023, but I don't want to say that either. I think it's, it's too early. Um, I think I was asking Nate, he's seven weeks – It's crazy how time flies, but that was seven weeks ago that he had that surgery. Right. So seven weeks out, I mean, we've saw him walking around on the sidelines during the playoff games, you know, with his teammates. Um, Every case is different, as we know. It took Tredavious White a full calendar year. Brandon Bean did say that Von Miller, having been through this before, because he does have a torn ACL in his history, knows what to expect, and so he's even more encouraged about his recovery than Tredavious, who had never had a major injury in his life. It it was also a partial tear, not a full tear. Right. And that I think that is a, a big difference in the, the recovery and the procedures and the prognosis and all of that. Yeah. So, you know, hopefully all things considered and knowing Von Miller's positive outlook on just about everything, including negative events like pairing your ACL in a football game, um, hopefully, yeah. He's available for the majority of the 2023 season. I think most would agree the most important thing is for him to be available down the stretch and the playoffs because his presence was sorely missed come the postseason. We have to take a break here. When we come back, we'll get you some thoughts on the tweet sheet uh, to our comments today, along with our Twitter question, which is, after hearing Brandon Bean, what do you expect from the Bills this offseason? That's coming up next here on One Bills Live. All right, welcome back to One Bills Live. Oh, snap. Snapdragon apples are now available. Fuel your game day adventures with Snapdragon apples now available at Wegmans. Snapdragon apples, the official apple of your Buffalo Bills. Quickly to the tweet sheet, which as always is brought to you by Corrigan Moving Systems, the official equipment moving company of the Buffalo Bills. What do you expect this offseason based on GM Brandon Bean's comments on Tuesday? Ed says, I expect plenty of financial creativity regarding player signings. Eric says, I expect Bean to get more draft picks. Trade for picks, trade a player for another player, or move back in the draft to get more picks. That's how you save cap space, by getting rookies and not paying big money contracts. Two wide receivers, an athletic tight end, and the whole offensive line. (laughs) Well, they they have six picks. There is some merit to what he's saying, though, because the Bills have to get cheap labor. And you want to do that by hitting on guys in the draft that can step on the field and play for you right away. Yeah. Uh, 
You're not right. going to go out in free agency and pay $16 million for a receiver. Right. That's so, not happening. Yeah, the question is, how do they get more draft picks? They have a one, two, three, four, and two fives. I don't think they have two fives anymore because or the Naheem Hines trade mm-hmm. was a conditional six. Naheem Hines played enough to make it a five. So a five, one of those two fives, I think, is going to the Colts, but we'll wait for confirmation from the team. That'll do it for us here on a Wednesday. Steve and I will be back here tomorrow at 1. We will see you then. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. 